1: Hey, Holly. Hey, Tim. What's going on?
0: <laughs> wow. That was a really high voice. Yeah,
1: that was. It? That was nice.
0: Welcome to the What Difference Does It Make podcast.
1: Happy to be here. Uh, yes. So this is the What Difference Does It Make podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram. Holly, you, you're in charge of YouTube and How, how's that going?
0: Okay. You guys should really check out our YouTube channel. We put some some outtakes. We have some behind the scenes stuff. From the What Difference Does It Make podcast, some little elements that you won't necessarily be able to find elsewhere. So check it out at the What Difference Does It Make podcast channel on YouTube.
1: Yes, we don't have a unique URL yet. So just type in What Difference Does It Make podcast and you will easily find us. I would then suggest that you subscribe. So that way you could easily find us every time. I I do that now. I've subscribed. So whenever Holly posts something new, I'm like, oh, look at this. This is kind of cool. So uh, yeah, she's, she's making it fun. And that's going to be our, our thing this year is to really beef up our, uh, our YouTube presence.
0: Yeah. So check it out. <laughs> check it out.
1: Yeah. I, you I, what the, out? You said check it check out. Check it out.
0: Check it. You know, we don't want to, that Let, means pipe down in right. Hebrew. So. Oh,
1: okay. No, uh, we want you to be like the beastie boys and check it out.
0: Yeah. Check, check, check it, check
1: it out. Check it out. <laughs> i am particularly giddy today and why would that be
0: i have always loved counting down the k-rock songs year by year i just think it's fun i love doing it i love talking about the music and we are back to it
1: yes we are welcome to 1984.
0: 1984 twas a good year
1: yes so what we're going to do is we are going to take the top 106.7 songs That radio station KROQ in Los Angeles, the world famous K-Rock, their top songs from this particular year. We've done this in the past, you know, from 1980 to 1983. And now we're going to take on 1984.
0: And we are going to. (laughs) I was going to say we're going to rip it apart, but we're not really going to. We're going to we're going to take it apart, but we're not going to rip it apart. That's a totally different implication.
1: Okay, rip. (laughs) we can rip it up kind of it's fun we'll do uh, it's uh, we're going to do some deep dives into some of these songs that we haven't heard in a long time sometimes some of these songs we probably haven't even heard we are going to create a spotify playlist which will list all of the songs i will kind of slowly reveal them as we do our episodes so uh, no spoilers you know don't don't go ahead uh, unless you want to that's fine but we're going to do this in 10 song chunks except for this week because it is the top 106.7 songs, we're going to do top 106.7 to number 101. Enough of this shenanigans, let's get to the countdown. And and usually, as as K-Rock does, because it's 106.7, they go to a song that uh, probably is just unique to K-Rock and then is not available at all, which is, what is song 106.7, Holly?
0: okay this song is called erotic eagle and just for people who may be listening outside of los angeles that is e-g-i-l eagle as in swedish eagle who was one of their first djs on k-rock
1: yes so Dave,
0: do you know anything about this song
1: i know zero about this song but i do know about swedish eagle he's from sweden and uh, <laughs> and still uh uh a purveyor of, of uh, dance music in Los Angeles and, and all over. He's uh, he's on Sirius XM. He still has a show on there. And I know he does like an internet thing. I think it's called Groove Radio, which is a, a radio station that was in Los Angeles. He was also the PD of Mars. If you like dance music, Swedish Eagle is your guy. I have no idea what Erotic Eagle is. I imagine it was something uh, hilarious.
0: It's funny because I well also couldn't find anything about this song anywhere. But I can't help thinking, you know, when I hear Erotic Eagle, I think Erotic City. So I'm thinking of, of, uh, I wonder if it was.
1: I believe you're probably correct. I'm sure this was a a Weird Al type parody with the Swedish Eagle saying erotic things in his Swedish (laughs) accent. Um, he's here.
0: Do you, I, I still do listen to him on XM.
1: Oh, that's very good. Uh, yeah, he's got like a, a daily show. I, I looked up there. He's He's got the, the 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. shift, Monday through Thursdays.
0: But I like listening to him. He's a good boy, super knowledgeable, and uh, yeah.
1: Potential guest. Maybe we'll have to get him on the show. And congratulations to the Swedish Eagle who made the the charts in 1984. By the way, I will also be asking you, because K-Rock did like a top 80 of nineteen eighty four for all their their years, they did an updated list, and I will ask Holly if these songs are still on the list. There are of these seven songs that we're going to talk about, three of them are on the list, and I will ask Holly if this is still an important song that should still be played on KROQ in uh, for their rock of the eighties format. So, is Erotic Eagle on this list?
0: It is definitely not.
1: That is correct.
0: <laughs> that was kind of a no-brainer
1: Alright, so, um, but yeah, that was our first test uh, We move on to 106 Now where the countdown officially starts And it starts with a solo song from Danny Elfman a song called Gratitude
0: It's funny you say a solo song Because that is actually the name of the album That it was released on <laughs> it's called So Low
1: How about that? Yeah. Uh, it was also on the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack
0: <laughs> Yes, it was out. and uh you know it's funny because i think this was considered even though this it's a danny elfman album they really it was kind of considered an oingo boingo album it didn't stray far from oingo boingo
1: i mean danny elfman sounds like danny elfman especially you know I listen to all his all the soundtrack uh work that he's done there's some element of, of elfman-esque sounds to his uh, to whatever he brings which it, it never gets tiring it's always good so no, he's,
0: he's a brilliant artist.
1: Yeah. I don't know why this was a solo album at the time because I, you know, I think Goingo Boingo was still uh, kicking big time in 84. And, and they went on to make other records together, but apparently Danny wanted to do his own thing for right okay. now. As long as we're talking gratitude and solo, I am very thankful that Danny Elfman is recording again. He's, uh, he put out um, during Halloween, he put out a song called Happy. And just uh, a few days ago, he dropped another song called Sorry. Have you heard these songs?
0: Uh, I've heard them now. Thank you for for sharing them with me. I hadn't paid such close attention. Uh, very, uh, call, would you call them progressive rock?
1: Sure. It's kind of prog rock. I looked on his website and he talked about being in seclusion and isolated and bored and just trying to find a way to inspire himself. And uh, he re-recorded a song, actually, I saw called uh, Running on a Treadmill that his his daughter recorded it on his iPhone, on an iPhone. And they, I think that was an old Oingo Boingo song. And he recorded that. And that was kind of cool. But now he's doing these, these other two songs, which are a little darker. And it's, you know, you've been in isolation for a long time. And I think that's what's coming out of Elfman. You know, he's already... A dark personality with, uh, you know, the music is, is, while it's whimsical, there's also dark tinges to it. And uh, that's definitely with these two songs. It's kind of fun. And so it's exciting that Danny Elfman is, continues to reinvent himself.
0: Yeah, when he writes for Halloween, he really writes for Halloween, doesn't
1: he? He's all in. I am too. You're you're good at uh, who's married to who and, and things like that. Did you, I, I didn't even realize this. Do you know who Danny Elfman is married to? Okay,
0: you, he's... Who is he married to? I can't, I can't remember.
1: He is married to Bridget Fonda. And the reason oh, yeah—the <laughs> reason I know this is I love looking at, uh, in the LA Times, they have hot properties and things for sale. And so last week they had uh, Danny Elfman and Bridget Fonda's home uh, had just sold for $8.75 million. And they had some, uh, some pictures of, of the house. It looks, uh, looks really nice.
0: It's
1: pretty nice, yeah. It was in Malibu, right? I saw that. No, uh, let's see. The married couple offered up two properties as a package deal for fourteen point six million in October, and the smaller home, which Elfin and Fonda used as a guest house, is still up for grabs at four point eight 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 million. So, in case you want to get one of the, the, the guest house, it's for sale. But this is in Fremont Place, a gated community filled with historic homes and architecturally dramatic mansions. And the, the home that they just sold spans two stories with colorful custom spaces across 8,346 square feet. It's really nice. Six bedrooms, eight baths. Danny Elfman makes a good living. And he <laughs> deserves everything he gets because he's super talented.
0: Um, And she's a good actress. She's a she's a very fine actress. And so if you would like to purchase the guest house of uh, Bridget Fonda and Danny Elfman, you should contact your local realtor.
1: Yeah, if you got four point eighty eight, eight, eight million dollars lying around. This is something you might want to look into, although it's only the guest house. So, you know, not that great, probably. I don't know what four point was four point eight, eight, eight million get you this year. This nowadays.
0: That's what it gets you. A guest house,
1: a guest house. Welcome to L.A. All right. Moving on to number one oh five. Here's another song lost in time. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I forgot going back is Danny Elfman's gratitude still on the k rock list
0: oh I want to say oh, you said three songs dropped off
1: no there's three songs from our list that are on Would you like to use this one as a guess
0: you know what i'm I would like to say yes because it's Danny Elfman, but you won't surprise me if it dropped off
1: it is still on the list number seventy five
0: okay. so can we consider me correct <laughs>
1: Yes, <laughs> we will mark you. I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to give you a nice little mark there. There you go. Okay, awesome, very good. Two for two. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. I so, am, um...
1: all right. So, 105 is a song lost in time. It's called. It's by a band called Boy Waiting, and the song is called Girl Waiting.
0: Do you remember the song?
1: No. Do you?
0: I think I remember the song at least there's a song running in my head that I know because they have a nice sound and that was verified by the only other song that we can find by them <laughs> upon our, our YouTube my YouTube search, right? There was another song.
1: Yes, uh, that was Where Did All the Boys Go? which yeah. is from 1985 and you look at the picture of it and they look like they're straight out of 1985.
0: So they look like we looked or strove, strived or strove?
1: Strived.
0: Strived. Yes. I think it's strove.
1: I don't think it's strove. I don't think that's a word.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm checking past tense of strive, uh, ha! the oh. past tense is either strove or strived.
1: <laughs> All right. So we're both correct.
0: Okay, and the past participle is either striven or strived, Stri- but I'm going with strove. All
1: right. that's,
0: that's what we strove to look like. At least I did. And actually my re kind of did have the same hairdo, the mullet
1: sure it's good it's a good look if you're living in 1985 still if you're not get the hell out <laughs>
0: to... I mean, nobody has that hair now i'm talking no, about then.
1: i know but there's still people yeah. that have that look as i looked up on some discussion boards you kind of do the, your deep dive there there was a thing on this discussion board that said boy waiting is the band and girl waiting was an unreleased single played only by freddie snakeskin on kroq he was the PD <laughs> of K-Rock, and he did all the, the searching for, for new music. It w- goes on to say, Where Did All the Boys Go was a hit in Germany and Turkish prisons. I guess not a big hit. Okay, that, was wow. a, that was just a joke that uh, was told by Ramondo. <laughs> Ramondo was also a, a K-Rock jock, and, and so he posted that. And then the, the singer from Boy Waiting posted something that said, The song Girl Waiting was never recorded because of contract problems. It was one of our most popular songs live. And I'm glad to hear someone out there still remembers us. The B side of our one and only single is called time and was released as a European import. And that is all the boy waiting info that you, you get only on the what difference does it make podcast?
0: (laughs) So I did. So, so your original question was, do I remember the song? And I thought I remembered the song. And then when I listened to where did all the boys go? I knew that I was remembering correctly because of the sound of the band is very 1984 and the, the singer's voice was recognizable. So yes, so I do recall the song. Too oh. bad we can't find it anywhere.
1: Okay. Probably one of the songs, you know, Freddie Snakeskin was right a lot of times. He probably was not, not right this time. Did not pick a hit this, this one time. So is this song still on the K-Rock charts? It is not. Correct. You're doing really well here. Which which makes us move on to number 104, (laughs) Eddie Grant's Romancing the Stone. I started listening to this song over and over and over again. I woke up this morning with the song still in my head. (laughs) (laughs) It's still, I I really like this song. Even though it, it was written for the movie, Romancing the Stone, starring Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner, but I don't think it was ever, I don't think it was actually in the movie.
0: Actually, it was intended for the movie but it was only used briefly in the film i oh it wasn't even picture the scene it was um yeah okay and and it's mentioned in the closing in the closing credits of the movie
1: okay uh this peaked at number 26 i saw two videos on there on youtube one was with the romancing the stone footage and then there was another one of uh with eddie grant and it was like an ad for remember banana republic the uh the, the clothing store.
0: Yes, of course.
1: It looked like it was straight out. Like these people, like they got all their fashion out of Banana Republic, and they were wearing that the jungle wear that uh, that was popular in the mid '80s. I completely forgot about that that company, but uh, you know.
0: <laughs> I watched the same video. I went. By the way, Banana Republic is still exists as a clothing store and does have, it you know oh. We, oh my god yeah and we <laughs> shop there i shop there really um it's not banana republic clothing anymore. i mean it's not clothing that you would see in a banana republic now
1: but yeah i remember banana republic as like you would in the in the 80s you would step inside the store and it was like you're stepping into a jungle or something like cargo
0: cargo pants and the jackets with pockets and <sighs> yes yes totally
1: they don't sell that anymore though right I mean,
0: no they-, they sell clothes that you or i would wear
1: I stand corrected. I will need to. I need to look up uh, Banana Republic again. And
0: uh, it's owned by the Gap. More fun there facts. Ah. So fall into the Gap. And by the way, the last fun fact about this song: it was a bigger hit in Canada. It hit number seven.
1: <laughs> yeah, peaked at twenty-six in the U.S. By the way, I did some more research on Eddie Grant. Uh, he was in the band The Equals, and they had a, a big hit. It was actually a number one hit in nineteen sixty-five. 9 years ago you know before this with the uh, baby come back which the come back baby yeah. come back he was the he was a guitarist and background vocalist in this band. Um oh, how about that? Yeah, I played it. It was like, "Oh my god, wow. This so Eddie Grant when when he was having these hits with Electric Avenue and uh and Romancing the Stone, he was like in his mid 30s. So, you know,
0: practically an old man.
1: Yeah. Also, I saw this is crazy. Yeah he had um when he was 23 he suffered from a heart attack and he had to leave the the equals which holy is holy right i know so he started producing um back then and uh came back and as eddie grant solo artist and still doing well in uh, 2016 he, had, he received a lifetime achievement award from the government of guyana which is his where he was born
0: native he's a native son
1: yeah Aww so anyway yeah i mean it was it was very cool i i went down a, a little bit of a eddie grant rabbit hole saw so him uh performing on uh an american bandstand singing romancing the stone looks great look great man good looking guy
0: yeah uh, see I'll, I'll only associate him with electric avenue
1: yeah well i completely forgot about romancing the stone
0: yeah
1: uh, me too i kind of want to see this movie again I, a dowdy romantic adventure writer is hurled into a real-life adventure in the Colombian jungle in order to save her sister, who will be killed if a treasure map is not delivered to her captors. She is helped out by a brash mercenary, and together they search for the priceless gem located in the map. I mean, come on! I'm all in! It's, uh, I... it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's, uh... <laughs>
0: I figured you are all in, but I'm thinking that it might feel a little dated. Oh,
1: it will be 100% <laughs> dated. You are correct. But I... you'll get to
0: hear Kathleen Turner and her super sexy voice.
1: <laughs> well, I go to Body Heat for that whenever I need my Kathleen Turner fix. I will put on that.
0: Sure makes more sense.
1: Uh, Romancing the Stone, Eddie Grant. Is this on the K Rock list? Oh. You really do some deep thoughts when it comes to that.
0: No, it is not.
1: <laughs> you are Come correct. On, I wish you are correct because i
0: already know which ones are on i know the rest of them
1: do you because
0: i because i can see what they are and i know that they would must have remained on the list yes
1: you could see what what do you mean you could see what they are i'm
0: looking at the 106 point i'm looking at number 106.
1: oh you're doing something okay
0: oh i'm cheating right i don't i shouldn't be well i had to have looked ahead no that's fine do the research
1: that's fine no that's fine yeah. That's fine. You think you got so, I I do. I'm going to predict you're going to make a mistake. Oh. Okay. That I will say no more. All right. I don't think so. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. We are just getting into the swing of things as we count them down, but we need to take a break, and that's exactly what we're going to do.
2: Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds.
0: Back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast.
1: Well, we're now on number 103. This is the Bronsky Beat, Small Town Boy. Spectacular.
0: I can talk about this. We could have dedicated a whole episode to this song.
1: Oh, my God. What? uh, Yeah, the video Mm -hmm. and the song still Mm -hmm. moving and pertinent today. And uh, I mean. Ball
0: my eyes out. I watched it again this morning. (sighs) Ball my eyes out. (laughs) Uh,
1: Jimmy Somerville is the vocalist who sings in that falsetto. Wow. I mean, just just uh, tremendous. This um, is
0: autobiographical, semi autobiographical.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it probably had to be. I mean, you write what you know.
0: Yeah. You know, what the song is about. It's uh, it it covers it, the oppression of gays in provincial Scotland in the early eighties. So I didn't know it was Scotland. Oh okay. um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and the and, video kind of reflects that. He's a uh, um, swimming club or something, and he's kind of uh, fawning over one of the divers or something yeah yeah Yeah. and of course punished for that so uh, and and that you know it shows him on a bus you know just realizing that he has to run away
0: yeah and but but there was a scene with his parents before he ran away first of all he was brought home by the police which i i think was because he was beat up
1: yeah yeah
0: um so he was brought home by the police and you know his dad is obviously not accepting and his mom you can see she just loves him um and that's what was so emotional for me, just seeing him with his family, and and how common those reactions from parents must have been back then.
1: Yeah, ah, crazy. And it did fairly well. It peaked at for the times for the and for the subject matter, it, it went up to number forty eight in the U.S. I think it probably did better in in the U.K. But um, but to even you know have it was
0: number four. Well, the album was number four. The album Age of Consent. I don't know about the song.
1: In the oh well yeah, the song peaked at forty eight in the U.S. So I mean. It, it had an I impact mean, in the U.S. The single, yeah. So I'm talking about the
0: UK. The UK album charts peaked at number
1: four. Oh, okay, yeah. So it did, yeah, it did, definitely did w- better in the in the UK.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you remember the band uh, the Communards?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In they year? did a remake of "Don't Leave Me This Way." Do you remember?
1: I had to revisit those. It w- they did uh, two songs hit the charts: "Don't Leave Me This Way" and "Never Can Say Goodbye."
0: Yeah, and that was just so everybody knows that was Jimmy Somerville, also.
1: Yeah. Very cool, but so that, yeah, yeah. it was kind of because I was wondering whatever happened to to him, and you know he's still still out there and doing things and and you know performing super talented. This,
0: so this this album, the the Age of Consent, yes, it was released in '84. So did you go? Know, I, I don't remember this at the time, and I'm pretty sure I had the album. I think I must've had the album. Maybe I ended up having the CD a couple of years later, but the inner sleeve listed the varying ages of consent for gay sex in different nations, oh, different whatever. countries around the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so at the time that age of consent for acts between men in the UK was 21 compared with 16 for heterosexual acts. Wow. That's insane.
1: Well, I'm sure it was different in the U S too. I'm sure it was uh, it probably wasn't allowed back then. Yeah
0: that's like that, that, as i said this could
1: be a whole episode yeah so yeah very very powerful and moving um it was good to revisit that is this song still on the k-rock charts indeed it is it is it is number 74
0: yeah uh, should have been higher
1: okay very good yeah all right so that's now just my opinion no that's a good opinion <laughs> we recognize your opinion it's a valid opinion Thank you. The age of consent for your opinion is, you know, you've passed that. So, you know, we will accept your <laughs> your opinions. Um, okay, so number 102 is The Car's Magic.
0: <laughs>
1: Why do you laugh?
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I... Do you like this song?
1: I love this song. It's magic. It's yes, magical. It is magic. I mean, it's so poppy, so amazing, uh, you know, just... This was uh, the Cars moved on to they, they had um, a different producer for for this album. This was yeah. the album Heartbeat City. Originally, it, it was uh, Roy Thomas Baker, rock mm-hmm. producer, did some great stuff. But they moved to Robert Mutt Lang of Def Leppard and Shania Twain and knows how to write pop hits or, or <laughs> produce those songs that you know this this war this great sound, and uh, the Cars took uh, huge advantage of that. There were how many like 4 they had hits on this album. Yeah, from Heartbeat City. Uh, of course there was uh it was you might think, went up to number 7. Hello Again was number 20 and their big hit Drive hit number 3.
0: It was a good album. Do you do you remember the video for this
1: song? Yeah, I saw the video where they uh <laughs> you know, he's like Jesus and you know, they <laughs> and there's all these freaks that look like they're straight out of the 80s just trying to <laughs> to touch him. They're all dressed up in, I don't know, some summer costumes, but it's all, I mean, you could look at this video and just look at these extras and think, oh my God, this is, again, super 80s, so 80s. Which is
0: good, and it should be and do you know where it was shot, The video that, that it, I think it was a party scene, but yeah, yeah, they were fawning all over him, but it was a party scene, do you know where it was shot?
1: Where was it shot?
0: It was shot at the Hilton estate. The hotel? Hilton, no, the Hilton estate, the family's home.
1: The family's home. Oh, the yeah. actual Hilton. So, yes. so, like a baby... Paris Hilton was there? Like she in, was not in it. She in was 80, not there. In 84, was oh, she born she, yet?
0: Uh, she may have been born, but uh, she was not in it.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Was it Conrad Conrad Hilton? Was Conrad that? Hilton. I okay. think that
0: was the dad, yeah. All right. Um. And do you know who directed this video?
1: Please tell me.
0: Very important. Tim Pope.
1: Tim Pope. And we know Tim Pope from...
0: <laughs> well, we know Tim Pope because he directed, you know, lots of videos in the 80s, but mostly because he directed 37 videos for The Cure.
1: Oh, OK. Nice. Yes,
0: which is uh, significant.
1: <laughs> I, I mentioned uh, Robert Lang, Robert Mutt Lang, um, who's associated really with, with Def Leppard. He almost didn't produce Hysteria because he had a commitment to the car. So he told Def Leppard that he couldn't work on Hysteria. But um, oh. due to delays in the album's recording, Lang was eventually able to produce it. And they lived happily ever after.
0: Lucky for everyone, including us, if you like the Elle Mysterio, which I
1: do. Yeah. yeah, so that's crazy to think. Like, oh my God, that's, that might not, have it not might. Have, yeah, could have been, yeah, a completely different story for Def Leppard. Also, I, I should say, even, you know, because I think in the last pop culture episode, you were kind of poo-pooing on 1984, there was the, the critic Robert Criscow. I'm sure you're familiar with him. He noted that um, the glossy approach the cars invented has made this the best year for pure pop in damn near 20 years. And it's only fair that they should return so confidently to form. So Robert Christgau agrees that 1984 is the greatest year ever for music.
0: So he's speaking specifically about pop music and not necessarily the alternative genre.
1: Alternative was good too. We can get yeah. into that. Don't get me started on that.
0: But we are going to get into that. But
1: the, yeah, so the car's magic was magical. Yeah. So let's see. Is uh, the car's magic? Is this on the K Rock list? Oh, it is. This song is not on the list. <gasps> I am sorry. Thank you for playing. Good day.
0: <laughs> and then I get a uh, picture me dunked in the dunking machine. <laughs> Seriously.
1: Seriously. Here's a spoiler. Another spoiler. There are no more car songs on this list for 1984. This is it. This is the only song that is on the K Rock list from 1984. They played this, and then like you know what? This is this is for Top 40 radio. This is not K Rock music. They took the, that approach. Like this is oh Robert yeah. Mutt Lang has uh, has made them a commercial sound. So I this is not K Rock music anymore.
0: And thinking about it, and when you when you really think about the song, if you listen to it. I, I do believe that. I mean, I thought because of the cars, for sure, it would be on. But that does make sense. It is more of a pop song than it is a K-Rock song.
1: Yeah, it was played yeah. all over MTV. Yeah, it was MTV, yeah, wow. Top 40 Radio. You did not hear this on KROQ.
0: I was so sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, then that leaves that song that go- uh, 101 so, so now to we be go- on the list.
1: So now we go to song 101, which is on the list. It's number 72 now. Back then, it was number 101. This is the band Wire Train. I'll Do You, a band from San Francisco.
0: I would have guessed, when I was trying to narrow down the songs that remained on the list, I would have included this, because this is very representative of K-Rock in 1984.
1: Yes, agreed. And I didn't even realize this. I looked it up. They opened up for Big Country in 1984, and so they played the Palladium in nineteen eighty four and I was at that show. So I saw I saw Wire Train, although I don't remember them. I just uh I think I do remember this was like one of my first like small I mean, Palladium is big, but this was like my first like like intimate smaller non arena type show. I honestly think I remember seeing Wire Train and going, Oh, this is it it was like where I've discovered the the big difference between an opener and the headliner. Yeah. Where the opener was like, no, you know, like not a big reception, and and uh, you know, yeah. they they played their songs in polite applause. Why do people? I was like, why do people go to shows? This is you know, no one's into it. It's kind of this is kind of weird. And then uh, and then Big Country came on, and everyone was going crazy, and I was going crazy, like, oh my god, this is the best ever. So it's that's it's tough. That. <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's tough for okay. me. <laughs> yeah. Well.
0: Did you remember with with Wire Train because they had had a hit in 1983 in the
1: Chamber of Hellos. Oh yeah, remember? I remember, yeah. We'd probably, we probably, I'm sure we talked about it in 83 as Yeah, well.
0: I mean, we must have, but do you remember hearing it at the show? Do you remember uh, people recognizing it when you were at the Palladium in 1984?
1: <laughs> probably, I mean, my, yeah. My only memory is the tepid re- reaction that the band okay. got for, as being a an opening band. Very tough. Uh, the drummer in Train, his name is Brian McLeod. Does that name sound familiar to you?
0: Brian McLeod.
1: Bri- Brian McLeod no because
0: well it sounds familiar because it's a common name okay (laughs) no why
1: does the name cheryl crow sound familiar to you
0: vaguely familiar as in one of my favorite artists of all time
1: does the album tuesday night music club mean anything to you
0: oh yeah
1: does the song every day is a winding road strong (gasps) enough and a change would do you good mean anything to you
0: Yes. I mean, they mean everything to me.
1: Yeah. So he's co-writer on that and he played, he was part of the Tuesday night music club.
0: Oh, awesome. Yes. And he played with wire
1: Yes. Yes, he did.
0: That is super exciting. So
1: he's, he's written for pink and the bangles and uh, tears for fears. Okay. Valuable asset for, as a songwriter, not only a drummer, but he writes songs who knew drummers could do that. (laughs) Drummers aren't able to do that, but apparently Brian McLeod is.
0: He's multi-talented.
1: Apparently. Drummers,
0: drummers get the short shrift and they, they work really hard. They,
1: of course. Yes. Indeed <laughs> they do. And as we talked about, they are also on uh, the K-Rock list. They are uh, at number uh, 72 on the updated list. So... Good on wire train, and so that concludes our countdown for now. We'll take it up next week, and we're gonna we're gonna have new guests on our show uh, for each week. So uh, ne- as a teaser, we will have Mike uh, Marone, the uh, the former PD of Sirius XM's The Loft. And uh, now doing his own thing in the basement, Mike's basement. So uh, looking forward to to talking to him next week and talking about the top one oh Was it? We'll go through songs 101 to oh no, wait, wait, oh, I'm sorry, 100 to 191, to 100 to 91. This is so confusing. Davis
0: learning. Davis learning how to
1: count numbers are hard. All right, <laughs> so we're going to do a quiz now, as we've done yeah. in the past. This is exciting because we uh, we rarely we didn't. Do this when we did interviews we didn't want to quiz our guests but uh, but we like quizzing each <laughs> other so here we go so this is based on holly tell me about this book and uh, where, where we're going with this
0: well this is this is a book called the 80s music trivia quiz book and it is 350 multiple choice quiz questions from the 1980s as uh, put together by clint glover okay so i'm going to ask you 10 questions there are multiple choice Answer you. There are multiple choice questions with an A, B, and C, but most of the time Dave gets the answers without even having to have the multiple choice given to him. The multiple choice is given to him.
1: Put the pressure on me. Yeah, no pressure. Okay,
0: you you you, you got these.
1: All right, go ahead. So trust me, you got these. Here we go. Let's let's plow through these real quick. Here we go. All right,
0: number one. Which of these albums by Phil Collins was released in nineteen? Hello, I must be
1: going. Nope. Okay, but seriously, (laughs) but seriously,
0: very good. Okay.
1: Okay. Here we go.
0: <laughs> Number two, which of these singles by Bruce Springsteen was released first? You have to listen to the multiple choice.
1: Okay. Forcing me.
0: My Hometown, Brilliant 84. Disguise, or Dancing in the Dark?
1: Seven. And Dancing in the Dark was 84. Oh, wait. So, oh, oh so uh, Dancing in the Dark was the first single off Born in the USA.
0: You are two for two. Okay. Number three, which of these songs was a hit for the musician Falco in 1986?
1: All right. Is it rock me on Deus or is it no? Yes, it is. Oh, it is. Oh. Okay. Rock me on Deus. Very good. Okay.
0: So you are three for three. All right. Okay. The song I still haven't found what I'm looking for was released by which group?
1: You... Do you want the multiple choice? Do I get, <laughs> I'd like to buy a vowel and a number. <laughs> you too.
0: Ding, 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 ding. Okay. You are Ex-
1: four for four. Excellent.
0: In which year did Billy Ocean release the song African Queen subtitled No More Love on the Run?
1: <laughs> oh my god um that's probably 84 85
0: do you want the choices or do you yeah well wanna... give
1: me that you give <laughs> are they off all... 1984 1986
0: 1988
1: well i'm supposed to go with my first guess go ahead i'll go with my first guess
0: you are five for five okay Dave. you are rocking this whoop, whoop. okay number six who had success in 1985 with the song rhythm of the night
1: oh uh was it gloria stefan let me give you your choices yeah yeah. okay go ahead
0: you got this once you hear the choices so rhythm of the night atlantic star commodores or debarge
1: oh debarge i'm sorry yes there you go ah yes the rhythm is going to get you that was my (laughs) i got my rhythm songs confused
0: well i'm not going to deduct you for that because you did get it from the multiple choice
1: there is something about the rhythm it is going to get you you know, every single time.
0: <laughs> the rhythm is going to get you, Gloria. Yeah. <laughs> All right, six for six. Which song by Wham! contains the phrase, somebody tell me, won't you tell me, why I work so hard for you?
1: Uh, you know what? When people say song like just speak the lyrics, I can it never...
0: I know, never, that's why I'm trying not uh, to sing I them, know, right. As if you'd recognize them if I sang them. But would you like the multiple choice or All do right, you so, want to sing it in your head a little bit? So
1: what was it? Somebody...
0: Do you want the multiple choice? Yeah,
1: go ahead. Give me the choice once I hear this.
0: Okay. The edge of heaven. I'm your man or everything she wants. Somebody tell me, won't you tell me? Why? Uh, Okay, maybe it is everything. Is
1: it everything she wants? Yes, it is. Okay.
0: Okay, so that was seven. You are seven for seven.
1: All right, keep it going. And
0: now you'll be eight for eight. The song Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic was released by which group?
1: The police.
0: (laughs) You are eight for eight. All right. Number nine, which song by Queen contains the phrase, I'd sit alone and watch your light?
1: Ooh, I, I, can, I will not get this one.
0: I think I can, I, I don't even know if you'll get it from the, uh, from the choices. Okay. He is A Kind of Magic, Radio Gaga, or Under Pressure?
1: Say, uh, okay. What, what was the lyric again?
0: I'd sit alone and watch your light. Ooh, I guessed wrong.
1: <laughs> I'd sit alone and watch your I, can't okay, I don't, I don't think it, you. I don't think it's in under pressure. I don't. Um, all right. So what was, I'm sorry. The other one was.
0: A kind of magic or radio Gaga.
1: Well, I'll oh, sit alone and what? I'll guess radio Gaga. It sounds like it would be.
0: You are correct. Yeah,
1: that sounds like a song from, because you're talking about the radio. So.
0: I'd sit alone and watch your Oh, I was thinking a kind of magic, but you are correct. Okay. Check you out. Nine for nine. Okay. Number 10. Who had success in 1982 with the song Hard to Say I'm Sorry?
1: Chicago.
0: You, my friend, got 100%. Very you get an A++.
1: Thank you. Did, did you ever see the David Foster documentary? Did we talk about this?
0: We talked about it, but I did not watch
1: it. Uh, I watched it over our, our, our break. He's, uh, he's clearly nuts, but uh, um, but yeah, he helped Chicago. Much like Robert Mutt Lang helped uh, help the cars david foster david help foster help chicago out crazy yeah. all right uh good app fun
0: that was super fun i love counting down all thank right thank you listeners of the what difference does it make podcast for joining us
1: okay we got 10 more of these it's gonna be a lot of fun bring in some guests next week mark marone please come back and check that out he'll make it a lot of fun he's got a lot of insights he's more of a nerd than i am so that'll be good
0: <laughs> i can't wait to talk to
1: him okay excellent All right, so until next week, this is Dave.
0: This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.